This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Remember, I welcome suggestions for future stories. If you have a story idea, you can contact me through the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Click the contact link to send me a message. And while you're at NotoriousBakersfield.com, you can show your support. Click the support link to buy me a cup of coffee. Be sure to follow the Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each episode, including this one, are posted to those social media pages. Before starting this week's uh, story, let me answer a listener's question real quick. Hey, Robert, what a great podcast to listen to. I left Oildale in 2006 to move to Las Vegas. Been here ever since, but I found your um, podcast about six months ago and listened to them all and listened to all the new ones regularly. It's exciting to hear about the stuff that happened uh, that I watched growing up watching the news. One case I wanted to ask you about, um, I believe it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was somebody high up in the district attorney's office who had a same-sex relationship with with um, one of the boys he helped out of jail or, or, or something, but it was, a, um, it was a horrific murder, and I believe it was off Snow Road and Fruitvale, right around there. Um, if you can give any updates or, or any insights or what happened, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for that question. I, uh, since you didn't leave your name, I assume uh, you don't want to be identified, which I respect. I believe the case you're thinking of is the murder of Deputy District Attorney Steve Towser. And that definitely is a notorious Bakersfield story, one that I intend to cover eventually. It happened in September 2002. Can you believe it's the 20-year the anniversary is coming up? It happened in the garage of Towser's home on Brooks Court, which is in the neighborhood of Olive Drive and Patton Way. Chris Hillis, a former Bakersfield police officer and DA investigator, was arrested for the homicide, and he eventually pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter. Since he pleaded guilty, it never went to trial. But he did spend about 10 years in prison. He was paroled in 2013. It's an interesting case. When the number two person at the DA's office is murdered, it's a big story for Bakersfield and Kern County. So yeah, I'll be covering it. If you'd like to ask me a question that I may answer on a future episode, go to NotoriousBakersfield.com. Look for the microphone icon, click on it, and record your message. If this feature doesn't work on your phone, try it on your computer. The release date for this episode is August 16th, 2022. The story I'm going to tell you about on this episode happened 36 years ago today. August 16th, 1986. A typical mid-morning Saturday at Hart Park. 
people were enjoying the park before the afternoon heat made things unbearable. A small wedding ceremony was taking place along the Kern River. There were some people using the paddle boats and canoes in Hart Park Lake, while others fished from its banks. Bakersfield Reserve Police Officer Mike Pope and his 11-year-old son were fishing Mirror Lake, a small fishing pond near the west entrance of Hart Park. It was 9.30 a.m. The father and son had been fishing for about 40 minutes when a small plane flew over them. It was low, so it was loud when it passed overhead. It flew from the western entrance of the park in an eastern direction. As its flight path followed the Kern River, it flew out of sight and out of earshot. Then, about 10 minutes later, the plane flew back, still at a low altitude, coming from the east this time. On this second pass, the plane banked, and its wing clipped an overhead electrical line. A witness said there was a loud popping sound when the plane collided with the power line, followed by a puff of gray and orange smoke. The small aircraft looked almost like it did a cartwheel in the air before hitting a tree, then diving nose first into the bank of Mirror Lake. It made impact with the ground only about 10 feet from where Mike Pope and his son were fishing. Moments prior to this, everyone in the park that morning was doing their own thing, enjoying the park in their own unique ways. When the plane crash interrupted whatever activities they were doing at Hart Park that day, everyone rushed to the scene and came together to help the victims. This is Hart Park Plane Crash. Ten minutes after nine in the morning on August 16, 1986, a Cessna 206 took off from Meadows Field. The single-engine aircraft was recently acquired by the Kern County Sheriff's Office and on this particular morning was being used by the department's search and rescue squad for a training exercise. At the controls was volunteer pilot 46-year-old Douglas Moonen. The other search and rescue members on board were 46-year-old Marvin Klein, 50-year-old Ray Bachman, and Bachman's dog, a three-year-old German shepherd named Kelly. Moonen was an experienced pilot. He had more than 8,000 hours of flying time and was an instrument-rated pilot. He was a past commander of the Aero Squadron and was currently an operations officer. Marvin Klein was an 18-year veteran with the Kern County Sheriff's Office. He'd worked Metropolitan Division, the Jail, the Mojave Substation, the Detective Division, and was currently assigned to volunteer services. After Carl Sparks, Klein was the second in command of the Search and Rescue Unit. 
Ray Bachman had been a reserve deputy for 19 years. He was using this flight to help acclimate his dog Kelly to flying. Bachman trained Kelly himself. He taught the three-year-old German Shepherd to scan the water with her nose for drowning victims. The aircraft was a 1977 Cessna 206. The sheriff's office acquired it through a federal drug asset seizure program. It had been seized by deputies about a year prior in Lost Hills during a drug bust. U.S. Custom officials transferred ownership to the sheriff's office in May 1986, only a couple of months before this. Since owning the plane, the department installed a new engine, and this flight on August 16, 1986, was only the second time it had been flown by the sheriff's office. This new engine only had four hours of flying time on it. Meadows Field Air Traffic Controller Reuben Jolly said the small plane departed at 9.10 a.m. The controller said once it was in the air and away from the airport, there was no radio communications with the aircraft, something I guess isn't uncommon. According to witnesses, the plane was flying at low altitude, approximately 100 feet, as it passed above Hart Park and followed the Kern River in easterly direction. When it came back 10 minutes later, it was still flying at a low altitude. Kern County Deputy Sheriff Daniel All was at the department's pistol range. He heard the plane's engine rev to a higher RPM and looked up briefly. When he looked away, he heard a loud pop like a backfire. When he looked back up, he saw the smoke and the aircraft flip. It collided with a tree, then did a nosedive on the bank of Mirror Lake. The shooting range is about 500 yards from where the plane crashed, so he had a pretty good perspective. Reverend Ken Sowers was officiating a wedding ceremony on the banks of the Kern River about 100 yards north of the crash site. Bakersfield firefighter Bruce Schaff was a wedding guest. He and about 10 others from the wedding party rushed to the scene to help. They were joined shortly by park rangers. One victim and Kelly the dog were thrown clear from the wreckage. Two others remained inside the crashed plane. One witness said the cockpit was full of fuel. Once all of the victims were out, they were laid on the grass in the shade of a tree, a safe distance away from the wrecked plane. All of the victims suffered massive head injuries. Rescuers took turns giving the victims CPR. Off-duty Bakersfield firefighter Schaff described the scene as controlled. He said, quote, people really got involved and did a super job. An ambulance from Hall and two from Golden Empire transported the three victims to the hospital separately. All three, Douglas Moonen, Marvin Klein and Ray Bachman were pronounced dead shortly after arriving at the hospital. Also killed was Ray Bachman's dog, three-year-old Kelly. Douglas Moonen was survived by his wife Shirley and daughter Julie. Marvin Klein was survived by his wife Peggy, son Marvin, daughters Vicky and Nikki, stepdaughter Tina, and stepson Mike. Surviving Ray Bachman was his wife, Gloria, daughter, Tammy, and two sons, Tim and Ted. 
All three are interred at Greenlawn Cemetery on River Boulevard. Kern County Sheriff Larry Clyer stated this was the department's greatest loss of search and rescue members in one accident. Nine months after the incident, the National Transportation Safety Board released the report. Some witness accounts said the plane's engine cut out prior to colliding with the power lines. The NTSB's investigation failed to find anything mechanically wrong with the aircraft. Investigators used audio from a video taken at the wedding ceremony when the accident happened. The video didn't capture any images of the tragedy as it happened, but it did record the sound of the plane's engines as it flew over. The report found that pilot error was the cause of the accident. The report stated that pilot Douglas Moonen was flying too low. If you visit Hart Park, a memorial marks the location of the crash site. It's on the north bank of Mirror Lake near the western entrance of the park, just below the high-tension power lines that are still there. It's worth noting here, this accident occurred on the third anniversary of another accident involving the Kern County Search and Rescue Squad. On August 16, 1983, two search and rescue volunteers died in a plane crash near Kernville. They were reserve deputies Lansing Warren and Ray Mallory. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield, California. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.